Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to On The Mat. I am Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Joined by Metamucil Man, Doug Van Gelder. We're about to go to the NCAA tournament. and uh, make me just a regular guy. Well, regular. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Regular guy. And uh, that's what I remember. If someone says, hey, tell me the five things you remember about Doug during the NCAA tournament, it's going to be you making Metamucil. Okay. How does that sound? Well, that's one of the fair things, I guess. It's got to happen. I like that. I like that. Well, we have three guests starting today. It's a packed show. Last week we had the Iowa State game. We were talking about that. I hope Iowa State makes the uh, basketball team, makes the NCAA tournament. I'm excited about that with Fred Hoiberg, the mayor, possibly uh, getting that team rolling. It sounds like they have a a good team, so glad. uh, The wrestling team had pretty good duels. They did have pretty good duels, Uh, and we'll we'll talk about a, a whole host of things here with uh, our first guest is Craig Sesker from USA Wrestling. Then we're going to have Mark Bauer, who is the championship coach of the Division II championship team of University of Nebraska Kearney. And then on the final segment, we're going to pay tribute to Willie Gadsden, who we've talked a lot about. We're going to have his son on, Kyvin, who was a Big 12 champion this past weekend. So we have a a great show that's going to talk about every single aspect of the sport. But uh, up first, we are going to have uh, Craig Sesker. He is communications director for USA Wrestling. Uh, Craig, how are you today? Good, Kyle. How are you doing? What do you got going, Kyle? I'm just trying to get uh, some sound. In you, the, uh, you there, Craig? He's there. Yeah, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, I can hear him. Go ahead, ask him a question. Ask <laughs> Kyle apparently can't hear you. For I can't hear you. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing good. What's the uh, weather like where you're at? Really nice. Yeah, we're seeing some sun here for a change, so it's really uh, great today too. Uh, IOC. Pardon? How about the IOC? What's going on with the Olympic Wrestling Committee? Still can't hear Kyle, huh? He wants to know about the International Olympic Committee. How they're doing? Yeah, yeah, I can hear Kyle. Oh, okay. He can hear you, Kyle. Okay, I can hear you now too. I think, Craig, how are you? Okay, we got you. You want, the line? A, little up, you want a little update on well, what's going on? We, we want so much. We have so many updates from you. You've been at the Big Ten tournament. You're going to be in Cedar Rapids. Let's start out with an update on the International Olympic Committee. Everyone wants to know what the latest is. Uh, you know, there's fact and fiction. You are on uh, Iowa Public Radio talking about it. I think the point that I like that you made best is this is a recommendation. This hasn't been finalized. This is uh, still a process. Uh, that can be switched. Do you feel like there is still a chance that we're going to see wrestling at the 2020 Olympic Games? I definitely think there's a chance. And I, you know, a lot of people are saying wrestling's been dropped or axed, and you see that in a lot of headlines and so forth. But you know, it's a recommendation. Obviously, you know, it was shocking news and something we were blindsided by. Uh, but wrestling has really rallied worldwide with a lot of support. Um, the committee that USA Wrestling has started, the Committee for the Preservation of Olympic Wrestling, Kapow, led by Bill Shear, who was involved with trying to get Chicago the you know, the twenty twelve Olympic bid and you know, and Jim Shear was a, was the head of USA Wrestling and the US Olympic Committee and you know, the president acting president of Feeling, uh Ninad Lalovic of Serbia met with uh, IOC president Jacques last week and uh we feel like we really got some positive momentum on this and um 
you know, we're really moving forward and we're really positive about our chances. Well, Alexander Karelin has been in the fight. He's part of this. And uh, reading the press releases, he's saying that these wrestlers who have sent back their gold and silver medals should stop doing that. What are your thoughts on that? Is that a, a good protest to send back the gold medals to the IOC? Or is he right in saying, hey, let's hold back and let's uh, do this diplomatically? Yeah, I'm not sure that's the best idea. I think the best thing is uh, to just, you know, try to show support for wrestling and keep it positive and, you know, not give back the medals. I mean, obviously those were... You know, something very unique and significant that these guys had won and you know i know uh a couple other prominent wrestlers that had considered doing that and 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 had decided not to and i think the big thing is just the you know the coalition between all the countries i mean russia obviously has been huge in this they've been very outspoken about this and you know very uh candid about changes needing needing to be made within fila to ensure wrestling's future the U.S. went to the World Cup in Iran. There was great solidarity with the U.S. and Iran, you know, even though we're political adversaries. And just, you know, keep it positive. And, you know, there's so much wrestling has to offer, so much diversity around the world. And it's just a great sport that belongs in the Olympics. Talking with Craig Sesker, communications director for USA Wrestling. And as we talk about USA Wrestling, since that announcement has been made, when you go into the office, when you go into work, is there a different tone at, uh, in the work environment for you? Well, I think the big thing was, I mean, obviously it was pretty shocking news. I mean, my phone was ringing at about 6 o'clock in the morning. Our, our good friend Mike Finn from Win Magazine was already on top of things. And, and that was the first I had heard. I, I knew there was a vote coming. We had kind of been given assurances that wrestling was going to be okay. And it was one of those things where you don't know. It's a closed-door meeting of an executive board of 15 people. There's no representative from the United States on it. And it was just one of those things. But, you know, we've, we've got a lot of opportunities uh, to, to keep the sport in the Olympics. And, you know, obviously it was February 12th was not a real fun day for anybody here. But, you know, we've rallied, and we're, we're really positive, and we're just really optimistic about this. Was there a, uh, is there still a good buzz going? I know that when it first happened, everyone was talking about it. USA Today had articles, and it seemed like for a week there was a good buzz. I hope it hasn't tapered off from your end. It feels like uh, it's still going strong. People are still talking about it. From someone who's on the inside with USA Wrestling, do you feel still feel like, hey, a lot of people are interested, there's still a lot of buzz? Uh, what do you see on the inside from USA Wrestling? Yeah, I think so, and I think there's there continues to be a lot of, positive publicity you know the des moines register is doing a, a weekly series and you know bryce miller their columnist had a really nice story on daniel agali you know from nigeria who of course wrestled for canada in the 2000 olympics and bryce spoke with lalovich he's going to have a story coming up on that um there's continue, continues to be stories around the world i know the head of the the uh, rio uh, the olympic uh push down in rio for 2016 he supported the olympics and um, so, you know, the thing people have to remember is the IOC Executive Board meets again in late May in Russia, and then there's eight sports, and they can recommend up to three to be uh, added to the Olympics. And then in September in Argentina, the IOC General Assembly meets, and that's over 100 members, and they vote whether to accept the Executive Board recommendation of the 25 core sports so they could still say, hey, wrestling is still in. And then also, there's also a vote where they could add one sport for 20 and 2020 and 2024. So wrestling, I mean, obviously you don't want to be in this position, but I think, you know, there's a lot of, lot of ways that wrestling can be kept in the Olympics. And, you know, people just have to remember it's a recommendation and it has not been dropped. Now, rule changes, I think that's the, the number one question a lot of people have. A lot of disappointment with the rules, with the, the ball draw, and that it goes to periods. Do you think with this announcement and the new leadership and feeler, we're going to see a better product on the mat for freestyle and Greco-Roman? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ideas being kicked around. I think a lot of the problem with Fila in the past was the uh, president had enormous power, and there wasn't a lot of... Uh, input from other people, even on the FILA Bureau, to get changes made. And with uh, the acting president, Lalovich, you know, he's been very receptive to the ideas. Stan Desick, United States, has kind of become his right-hand man, you know, which is which is a good thing. And, 
you know, definitely they're talking about rules changes. They're talking about, you know, different ways to market the sport better, different ways to get more television exposure. Um, they don't, FILA doesn't really have a public relations person. And we've had, uh, we sent Bob Condren, that was a former director of media services for the U.S. Olympic Committee. He's been in Switzerland the last two weeks. He ran a press conference. He's been getting Lalovich out to the media. He's been contacting a lot of international media. Um, we've hired several public relations firms. Fila's hired a public relations firm. You know, Lalovich and Rogue, as I said, had that meeting, which I think was very productive. And, you know, it's it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard to keep wrestling out of the Olympics, to be honest with you, because there's so much support worldwide. It's been incredible. So would you say overall, as shocking as this is, is this ultimately going to be the, the best positive we could have if we were able to get wrestling in the 2020 Olympic Games, that this was the crisis we needed to make the necessary change? Well, I mean, if if they vote to keep it in, yes, right. and for sure. And, you know, and it wasn't like we the U.S. wasn't aware of, you know, different issues of feeling, that sort of thing. And, you know, and people hated the rules, and they're hard to understand. And we're, you know, we're going to try to make the rules easy to understand just for the general public and maybe the, you know, the quote-unquote non-wrestling fan that you try to draw into the sport. And, and, you know, I spoke with Dan Gable at the Big Ten tournament in Champaign, and we, we had a fairly long discussion about it. And Dan's just like, you know, if we can get keep it in, you know, we're going to have the product is going to be so much better because we're going to have better rules. We're going to market it better. And there's just going to be a better... Uh, effort and better leadership and feel like going down the road. Talking with Craig Sesker, communications manager for USA Wrestling. We've been talking about the IOC and the decision to potentially drop wrestling from the 2020 Olympic Games, and we want to make sure that's clear that that's a recommendation. But as we go into the college scene, I like the headline of uh, the recent Win Magazine and the Craig Sesker column. It's headlined, If it's in Iowa, expect, expect something exciting. This upcoming week, we have the Division Three Championships in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Wartburg is the favorite. Let's talk about your experience at Wartburg. You came in at Wartburg when uh, when the program wasn't thriving, when it didn't have the nine NCAA championships. Tell us about what it was like when you came into Wartburg and what the wrestling program was like and what it's gone to uh, today. Well, they had had some pretty good teams in the 70s under Dick Walker, who's a tremendous human being. I mean, I had a very good relationship with him when I was at Wartburg, and and uh, he actually tried to get me to, to wrestle. I was running track up there, and and uh, they they had an opening in their lineup, and he was trying to get me to go out for wrestling. I'd wrestled in the intramural tournament, and had, and uh, you know had done pretty well there, and they were trying to get me to wrestle, and um, they were struggling my freshman year. That was eighty four, eighty five, but then he came back with a really good recruiting class that included Jeff Voss, who's the head coach at West Delaware. I think he just won a state title in Iowa in 2A. And uh, so they, the program was coming back, and they had a guy named Dean Gavin, who was a national champ, and Jack Denholm, who'd done some college coaching, I think, at Ellsworth. And so the program was coming back, and you know they were getting small Americans. They had a national champ. And then you know Dick you know, tragically passed away, of course, in the car accident in the early 90s and then you know they hit the jackpot with Jim Miller and came in and gosh almost immediately turned them into a national power and a national contender you know and I think he built on what Dick had going and then obviously you know took it to another level and you know what, what Jim's done just as a coach and graduating 100% of his athletes I mean is just phenomenal. Well, and you are going to be in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, for the Division Three tournament. They do have the brackets out for the Division Three championships, 18-man bracket right now. Warburg has all 10 wrestlers ranked in the uh, the top seven. Actually, they have uh, three top seeds, 133, 149, and 165. They have a three seed, a four seed, two six seeds, and three seven seeds. Uh, just an obvious question. I know that uh, if you ask Jim Miller, he, there's no way he's going to concede that it's a, it's a lock, but really is anyone going to push Wartburg at this Division Three championship? Well, that's that's why he's been successful. You know, he never takes anything for granted. And, you know, he, I talk, I do this Q&A with him for the for the Matt.com, and I've done a couple stories on him for, for Wartburg's Alumni Magazine. And he's, 
I've get really got to know him the last couple of years, and you know, he's like, hey, it, no matter what the circumstances are, it's hard. You know, and there's going to be upsets at a big tournament like that. You know, and the Division Three competition, you know, is you know is very strong. I mean, it doesn't appear to be there's really a team that can match the depth and you know and potential of Wartburg. But you know, you get a couple upsets here and there. You just never know in a big tournament. But obviously. You know, it would be a great way, you know, for just a great coach and just a great person to go out. And you also touched on in this uh, article, I really liked your article about uh, the history of the NCAA tournament in the state of Iowa. You touched on a couple tournaments that uh, I was a part of. You talked about 1993, where Lincoln McElravey made that uh, great comeback against Jerry Abbas, 95, 2001, where Jay Robinson had the 10 All-Americans with no finalists. What do you think it is about Iowa that uh, when it comes here, it's been a long time, 2001 was the last time when it was in Iowa City, that really kind of heightens things and make it, makes it a special tournament? It's just wrestling is part of the culture in Iowa. And it's, you know, the heat, I mean, it, obviously it goes back to, like, you know, Iowa State Teachers College and, and everything that's gone on there. And, you know, with, with Bill Cole and then, you know, obviously Rob Cole is going to be right in the middle of the biggest story in the NCAA tournament with Kyle Day going for his fourth title at four different weight classes. And Iowa State, great history with Gable and Chris Taylor and all those guys. And then, and then you know, of course, then with Gable's great Iowa teams and the Tom Brands and, the, you know, the great high school programs. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're great fans and they're, they're very educated fans. They really understand and appreciate wrestling and, and obviously, you know, I think the loudest I may have ever heard it in an arena was when uh, Mike Zadick beat the kid from Oklahoma State. I think he was the number one seed. Yeah, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Wright. Yeah. And <laughs> blew the top off of Carver. And, you know, uh, you know, in the All-Star duel that time with 9,000 fans when Ironside beat Cole out. And it's just wrestling is a part of the culture, and, and it's great to see the, the tournament back in Iowa. And I think there's going to be great sport, you know. The story with Kyvin Gadsden, you know, how, I mean, how can you not cheer for a kid like that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's going to be tremendous, and I, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for Kyvin to have a great tournament. When you were at the uh, the Big Ten tournament, what a crazy tournament this is! It just uh, top to bottom, you have 12 teams right now. It was a three-team race between Iowa, Penn State, and Minnesota. It went back and forth. Iowa at one point, I believe, had a 17-point lead going into the second day. They had four finalists. What does it take to win this thing? I mean, Penn State's done it the last three years. It seems like it's crazy. It's always this fun race. Uh, is this every bit as exciting as the NCAA tournament? I mean, you, you've been to it the last couple of years. Do you find it as compelling as what we're going to see in a few days? Absolutely. And I think one thing you got to look at is Penn State, it's not like they were super dominant. I mean, Logan Storley finished seventh. He's the number one seed. And I, I haven't tallied up the numbers, but I think if he wins it, you know, he would have beat Brown in the semis, then I think Minnesota wins the tournament. And I also saw where if McDonough and St. John had lived up to their seeds and Evans had beaten Brown in the finals, Iowa would have won it. So, I mean, that's how close that tournament was. I know some people are getting down on Iowa a little bit, but you look at McDonough, he loses to Delgado, who could win it. Ramos loses to Steber, who's a returning champ. Balweg loses to Hunter Steber. You know who very well could win it. I mean, obviously Kendrick Maple's really good from Oklahoma, but it's like Iowa had nine guys in the top four. Yeah, in the toughest tournament in the country. And I mean, and I think they wrestled pretty well for the most part. You know, Lofthouse and you know, like Burak at ninety-seven. I mean, he almost made the finals and then ended up fourth. And so I think it's going to be, uh, you know, somebody stumbles at the NCAs. I mean, I could see Iowa winning it, Minnesota winning it. Oklahoma State winning it. Obviously, Penn State's the favorite, but I don't think they're a huge favorite. Yeah, and I would agree. I think Doug was even the the one that said he's thinking uh, Iowa, and, and I can see why based on that performance and just what they have the potential. I mean, we we haven't seen the Altons wrestle their best, so if they maybe stumble and, and you count on three or four guys and, and uh, Quentin Wright maybe gets upset somewhere along the line, it uh, certainly, certainly is uh, in favor of Iowa in the hometown crowd being able to do it and uh, pulling off uh, – kind of a mild upset so but if you had to pick right now are you still going with Penn State to win the uh, NCAA tournament yeah I think they've got to have the edge I think the difference with them is bonus points I mean Taylor Ruth Quentin Wright even the Altons you know they they looked 
both the Altons, quite frankly, looked like they were out of shape at the Big Ten. I mean, they looked tired. You know, and I mean, Jeva from Iowa almost beat Andrew Alton first round. He's a, he's a 41-pounder. I mean, he's a pretty good prospect, but he's a freshman. And, uh, you know, you think you're going to get, a, they're going to get a lot of bonus points. I think, like the Iowa guys, like Ramos and maybe McDonough, who just really doesn't look like himself out there, you know, they, they've got to get bonus points where they can just to keep pace with, with Penn State because I think they've got a lot of guys that, you know, are pinners. You know, I mean, Ruth and Taylor are both just phenomenal wrestlers, and it's going to be tough to keep up with them. All right, we've been talking with Craig Sesker of USA Wrestling. Thank you for the update on the IOC and USA Wrestling. Give us a little college update. Look forward to seeing you in Iowa and Cedar Rapids and then Des Moines. And uh, always uh, great coverage on the Matt.com. Love the site and can't rec- recommend it enough. Thanks, guys. And, you know, continue to, to do what you can to support this Olympic fight. And we know we need everybody on board that we can. And, and I, you know, I know you guys are great supporters of the sport. So let's, let's just let's keep the momentum going and let's, let's keep this positive and let's keep wrestling in the Olympics. All right, can't, uh, can't, agree, that, can't agree more on that. Up next, we have Mark Bauer. He is the head wrestling coach of Championship Division Two team of the University of Nebraska Kearney. He's next on the mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. LN Transportation Services Incorporated and Dalton Plumbing Heating and Cooling congratulate Coach Tom Bartall and the Cedar Falls Tigers on their outstanding basketball season. Discipline, focus, drive, all traits familiar to this Tiger team. The community joins together to celebrate a job well done. Congratulations again to the Cedar Falls Tigers boys basketball team. From LN Transportation Services Incorporated, experienced, reliable transportation experts, and Dalton Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Serving the Cedar Valley since 1959, your comfort is our promise. Are you looking for a country club to call home? Hi, this is Ashley, and I'm the new manager of the Willow Run Country Club in Denver, Iowa. Come check us out and see all that we have to offer. First-time members will receive a half-price membership. We have a pool for family fun, a great golf course, and a banquet room available for special occasions. Come out and enjoy dinner. Wednesday night is ladies' night, and Thursday night is men's night. Make a night of it. I'm waiting to meet you. See you soon at the Willow Run Country Club in Denver, Iowa. Your family's country adventure awaits. At Country Inns and Suites, we'll welcome you with fresh cookies, complimentary breakfast, and invite you to read a book from our Read It and Return Lending Library. Your stay in the country includes a large indoor pool, free hot breakfast, and convenient location near fantastic shopping and attractions. Country Inns and Suites, University Avenue exit, just off I-80 and 35 Des Moines. So come and experience the country. Visit us online or call 800-456-4000 and book your next family road trip today. Because once you do, we're sure you'll be saying, I love this country. Hello, Castle Motors. I want to talk to my mommy. Excuse me? This is Castle Motors. I don't know if your mommy is here. Well, what does she look like? Maybe I can find her. Well, she's real pretty. I'm sure she is. What color hair does she have? The same color as Ralph. Who's Ralph? Ralph is my dog. Well, what's her name? Maybe I can page her. Mommy. Oh, that figures. Did she say she was coming to Castle Motors? Yeah, she said she was looking for a gift for Daddy. Well, a pre-owned vehicle from Castle Motors would make a great gift. You think Daddy wants one of our pre-owned cars, trucks, vans, SUVs? or maybe a pre-owned RV, motorcycle, or boat? But I only have 17 cents. Well, here at Castle Motors, we've got great deals to fit any budget, and we can arrange financing for almost everyone. But maybe Ralph can lend you some money. Mr. Ralph doesn't have any money. He's got no pockets to keep it in. Castle Motors, your friend in the car business, where we've got something for everyone. Castle Motors, with three convenient locations to help you. 16th Avenue Southwest, 32nd and Center Point Road, and Williams Boulevard in Cedar Rapids. Store closing forever. That's right. The liquidation sale in the former Kmart in Cedar Rapids is closing forever. Largest computer sale ever. Dell Computer, Sony, HP, Compact, Toshiba, Apple. More laptops from 99 with webcam. Desktop 79, tablet 79. iPads 299, LCD monitors 39, wireless routers 19, printers 19, all-in-one printer 49. Digital cameras 29, HD camcorder 69, Garmin GPS 59, Kenwood, Sony, Pioneer, Fosgate. More car stereos and amps from 29. Beats by Dr. Dre headphones 129. Jewelry and perfume from 5, designer purses 
19, Black & Decker DeWalt Makita Irvin. Tools and hardware at 80% off. Cordless drills 10, floor jacks 12. Plano tackle boxes $5. Levi's 501 jeans 29, Arizona Lucky Polo. More jeans 10. Nike Adidas. More shoes from 5. Hoodies $10. Plus size jackets 29. North face jackets 80% off. Children's jeans 6. Everything must be sold in the former Kmart on 16th Avenue, Southwest in Cedar Rapids. Closing forever this Friday, noon to 9. Saturday, 10 to 8. Sunday, 11 to 6. First 300 customers get a free gift. We are back on the mat. 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I am Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Joined by Doug Van Gelder. And of course, if you want to listen online, 1650thefan.com. Or you can go and get a, uh, a podcast on theopenmat.com. So we always want to thank Jason Bryant for recording that for us and getting that uh, on theopenmat.com. And Doug, enjoyed what uh, Craig Sesker had to say about uh, the Big Ten tournament. I know you watch the Big Tens. And you caught me a little off guard when, you know, put me right on the spot and talked to him because you're, you know, your mic wasn't hooked up right or something. But... Yeah, and I really enjoyed his article in the uh, Win magazine about uh, it's the people you know, in the sport. Yeah, you know, with Stephen Neal in there, of course. That's oh yeah, I'm get my that's right. And stuff. Anytime so with Stephen Neal, that was a that was a great article. Uh, it is. It's all about the people. Well, one of the people that I like a lot, and he's on the program with us, Mark Bauer. He's the head wrestling coach at the University of Nebraska, Kearney, and of course, anytime that uh, a coach wins a championship. We'd like to have him on the program. Sure. And uh, he is the most recent championship winner of the Division II championships, which took place in Birmingham, Alabama. We have a lot to talk about with this, but before we get to anything, uh, we still have some unsettled business. A few years ago, you were the coach of the year Division II. John Ostendorp was the coach of the year for Division Three. I still want to see you guys settle this on the mat. You weigh probably 140. He's probably 265. Do you think you can take him? <laughs> That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. You don't think so? <laughs> no, no. I mean, would would you be up for the challenge? You know, uh, if uh, you can start down and I can start on top, I'll take that challenge. Okay. You, I got I got to have some advantage here. You, so you think you can ride him? Yeah, yeah, that's, maybe for a little while. You think you can ride him? Well, if I get in trouble, I'll just jump off. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, let, let's start. Talking about the venue first, because this was a hot topic whenever we had Division Two coaches on, whether it's Heath Graham or Jim Makovsky or Steve Costanzo. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Houston, uh, Texas, they did the same thing where they had a sports festival. They did the same thing in Birmingham. What are your thoughts on it? Did it go over well? Was this something that uh, when they do in 2017 that's going to be a good result for wrestling in the future? I tell you what, uh, Birmingham really stepped it up this last weekend. This was... Uh just an absolutely beautiful venue, plopped down right in the middle of, of Birmingham. Uh, it was called the Crossplex. We'd actually heard that here in the next six months they're going to need to put another $3 million into a restoration project with the venue that we were in, but I already thought it was a beautiful venue. Um, now, the other half of the venue uh, that helped track and swimming was actually a brand-new facility, and I think it was like a year and a half old, and... But I tell you what, Crossplex was absolutely beautiful, and I think it was a great venue for the fans. And, you know, as far as sight lines and those types of things, I just I think it was wonderful. I think overall, like I said, Birmingham really stepped it up and uh, welcomed us with open, open arms, and they just really rolled out the red carpet. I thought it was very well done. So you like the concept. Uh, even Houston, now they do it in Birmingham, wherever they do it in 2017, you like this concept of having a, uh, a sports festival for Division Two. You know, the thing I thought they did very well this time was they really had a lot of opportunities for the kids to get involved in doing stuff. You know, the, the hard piece is, you know, arriving on a Tuesday, you know, you, some of the schools were on spring break, some of them weren't. Our guys were not on spring break. And so, you know, missing a whole week of school is obviously a, a tough pill to swallow and, and really a tough thing for kids to, to fight through in terms of their academics. So that's, that's a tough piece. Uh, but they had... Um, they had big, uh, you know, basically showrooms filled with activity center and that type of thing for the kids to get involved and do stuff during the week so they just weren't laying around. We actually had the opportunity on Wednesday to go to the to the local Boys and Girls Club and for an hour and a half actually 
got to, uh, you know, do some activities with some kids, which is really kind of a great outreach program that, that I thought was a lot of fun. Now, of course, when I told our kids we were going to go do it, the first thing they said was, are you serious, coach? we got to go do what? And I said, you know what? Let's go out. Let's give it a shot. And I, and I think, honestly, if I were to ask the guys, other than winning a national championship this last weekend, what was one of the best things I did, and it was going out and spending some time with those kids. So I really thought it was a, a nice concept and everything. Another thing that I think, again, that is a challenge for this festival is location. Uh, you know, first Houston, and, you know, obviously, you know, Texas has UIL wrestling. Their, their state championships is a big deal, but only one school in Texas has wrestling. Uh, at the collegiate level, Birmingham, Alabama, you know, you're running into the same situation. There, There's high school wrestling, but there's not collegiate wrestling, and really the overall attendance of the event was not, you know, great by any means, and it's a long way for families and fans to, tra- tra- to travel. But, you know, other than those two things, I thought it was a great event. Talking with Mark Bauer, the head wrestling coach at the University of Nebraska Kearney. Uh, back-to-back championships, won it last year. Won it this year in 2013, but let's go back to your first championship in 2008. We talk a lot about this with uh, Jim Makovsky on what it felt to lose by half a point. What was it like for you to win a championship, your first championship, knowing it came down to heavyweight like that and win by half a point? What's it like for you thinking that, hey, my first championship was that close, that razor thin? Well, I tell you what, um, actually my assistant coach asked me today, he goes, what's, what's been the most nerve-wracking national championship? And, and it was the first one, and I'll tell you, why? Because we finished second three times prior to that. It was almost like, you know, are we ever going to get this monkey off our back? And uh, for it to come down to the heavyweight match the way it did, um, obviously us sending Travel Delognev out on the mat, who was, you know, one of our past Olympians, you know, we felt very confident that we were going to win the match. And, and even then, it was still a pretty, pretty close match. It was a pretty heated contest. So, uh, but, you know, that was probably obviously the sweetest one just because, again, we had we finished second three times. And 2006, 2007 were two of those three finishes that we finished second. So, so that was obviously a challenge and, and very stressful, but we wanted to get that first one under our belts, and, and it was a great way to do it, even though it was by a half a point. Travel Delagnev, who you talked about as the heavyweight two-time Division II champion, has talked about how going to Division II is really what built him into the wrestler he was. He wasn't as good. He didn't probably think that the Division I product was what he needed. It allowed him to develop. What has Travel Delagnev, being an Olympian, done for your program? Well, obviously, you know, our, our community continues to embrace him in all that he's doing all over the world. Um, He's one of our top stories on an annual basis here in our community with our with our local newspaper and our local media, which is kind of exciting because everybody I bump into, they're always asking me, how's he doing? Where's he at? What's he doing? And so that continues to be an, an uplifting thing for us as well. Um, you know, we're, we, we have a lot of kids that are still interested in competing freestyle Greco-Roman after they're finished with college, and we've actually got quite a few kids that want to continue to do, do some training this summer. And so... Anytime Travel's out at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, we try to get out there and, and, and again, keep our kids involved with it because it is a passion for a lot of kids. They want to continue uh, towards that dream of being an Olympian, even though we're, we're kind of running into some issues right now with the IOC and, and so forth. So, But it's, it, he's, he's been a great asset to our program, obviously. He really continues to put our program on the map nationally and uh, worldwide. Well, St. Cloud State came in and is what I saw as kind of the overwhelming favorite, but uh, they placed second. So we break down the team scores. Uh, Nebraska Kearney, which you are the coach for, 108 points. St. Cloud State, 105. Notre Dame out of Ohio, 103.5. So a great team race amongst the top three. Uh, Central Oklahoma with 73, and then Upper Iowa with 49. As I look at uh, your team performance, as I break it down, you win by three points. I look at odd numbers. And uh, the the best odd numbers you can have is when you have one and one, and two of those championships are in the finals where you beat two St. Cloud State wrestlers. Uh, I have to assume that you know going in that we pretty much have to win both of these to win the title. We did. We knew it. We uh, you know from the very get go because you know obviously they were anchored. Uh, their their third wrestler, uh, Seamus O'Grady, uh, at 184 pounders. Uh, was overwhelming favorite at 184, especially after he beat McPhillip in the semis, which those were, by power rankings, the two most dominant wrestlers in Division Two, and, and, and 
O'Grady, you know, beat him pretty convincingly in the semifinals. So we knew going in that, wow, you know, they, they pretty much got an ace in a hole right there. And, you know, to kick things off for us, you know, you got a freshman versus a senior returning turning national finalists, and we're like, holy catch, you know, we've got, we've got to get these wins. And I just don't know if we can get it done, but I tell you what, Daniel DeShazer went out and just put, you know, he wrestled a really smart match, got a couple early takedowns in the first period with a couple nice duck-unders and got behind him quickly. And I really kind of took, took uh, Corny out of his game plan, I think, uh, because he continued to shoot the same shot over and over. We didn't see him adjusting like he needed to to pick up the win. And so uh, that was uh, kind of the spark, I think, that got us going. And I think it just carried right on over to Rafion because Rafion, again, came out and got an early takedown with a nice double leg on the edge of the mat, and it, and it continued from there. So we were very fortunate that those two young men stayed composed and went out and competed as well as they did for us. And what's that like, though, knowing that uh, you have guys going into the finals, you have four finalists, you have two champions, uh, you're looking at individual championships alongside of a team championship. Does that double your anxiety going in there, knowing that, hey, uh, it, it's side by side, I want to get these guys as champions, but uh, every single point that uh, these guys are going to get counts toward the team total. Does it double yeah. the anxiety for you? It, it does a little bit. You know, gosh, uh Emotions are all over the place. It's kind of an emotional roller coaster the entire couple of days of the national tournament. And obviously, with these three teams, as close as they were, you know, all three teams had seven All-Americans. Um, Notre Dame had two in the finals. St. Cloud had three in the finals. We had four in the finals. And virtually every round, we were flip-flopping back and forth because of bonus points. We continued, all three teams continued to have the same number of wrestlers in every single round, and so everybody continued to score points. And really, whoever was in the lead, typically they were in the lead because they had some bonus points that round. And so uh, we knew going into this finals it was going to be it was going to be tough. And again, kind of this roller coaster ride. Emotions are kind of all over the place. You know, you pick up some good wins and so forth. And, you know, even though these two young men were in the finals for us and we had four in the finals, we actually had one kid in our program that really made the difference for our team. He picked up 13 and a half points, and that was Brock Kutu, our 141-pounder. Uh, Brock, going into the regional tournament, was actually the sixth seed. Uh, we had pretty much written his weight class off in terms of even qualifying somebody. And uh, in, at the regional tournament, he knocked off the number two kid in the nation to qualify, finishes third in our region, behind the Gary and Filling game, who were the national finalists. And we finished 1-2-3 in the region, and those same three young men finished 1-2-3 at the national tournament. So we, you know, aside from those young men getting in the finals, we had some other individuals like Brock Hutu that really stepped up their performance and made a huge difference in our team. Talking with Mark Bauer, the head wrestling coach of the championship Division II wrestling team from the University of Nebraska Kearney. Seven All-Americans, two firsts, two seconds, a third, and two fifths. And uh, it seems to me like the uh, the Division II coaches pr- maybe have a little dip- different relationship than the Division Ones. I know that uh, there's no way on earth that uh, Tom Brands would want uh, Cale Sanderson and Penn State to win or vice versa. But can you empathize as someone you just talked about where, hey, you're knocking on the door, you get second, you get, get second, you get second. St. Cloud State's in that position. Uh, Minnesota State Mankato has been in that position. Uh, can you empathize with these coaches that are trying to get what you want? Definitely. I, we've been in their shoes before. And, then, and you know, Steve and Jim are both great friends of mine. Steve was actually my workout partner at the University of Nebraska-Omaha for three years and uh, just a tremendous friend of mine. And, you know, we even talked at the national championships, and, and, and we love the level of competition. You know, you, you can go to an event and blow teams out, and it's not real exciting. But the, for it to come down neck and neck, um, you couldn't ask for a better guy to to be doing that with in a, in a better program and uh, it literally is in the hands of these young men when they're stepping out there on the mat. I know Steve and I would love to jump out there and help if we could <laughs> right? but you know that's obviously not going to happen but I uh, Steve is a great friend of mine again Jim inducted into the Hall of Fame he's had a very tremendous career as a coach at Mankato State University and uh, they're, they're both two tremendous individuals and yeah, everybody wants to get that win, and, and until that happens for those young men, they're going to continue to battle. They're going to continue to fight on the recruiting fronts and so forth because they want to get it just as bad as anybody else. Uh, we're just very fortunate that our it panned out the way it did for us, and the guys really stepped up to the challenge this last weekend. All right, so final question. How does uh, Carney embrace this championship? Do you feel like uh, when you get back home that uh, they're excited about you guys winning back-to-back championships? They 
I tell you what, uh, every time we've won, they've met us at the interstate. Uh, we have uh, police cars and, and uh, fire trucks that escort us all the way to the campus with their sirens blaring. We, we, we came home to a nice reception at our field or our health and sports complex, and our athletic director is giving me a big hug, exactly what I want to see happening. So now it's, uh, it's a lot of speaking engagements. I've got a lot of speaking engagements lined up now. They're just kind of flooding in right now. Um, mainly focused on community leadership, those types of things that I'm looking forward to getting involved with. And, and there'll be some opportunities for our team to get together and do some different things within our community as well. So it's, uh, our, our community embraces this. Uh, wrestling's big here, and it's not, uh, it's, it, you know, obviously over the last decade it's continued to grow, and I think the, the community is really supportive. And it's not just the collegiate level. Our high school is doing very well as, as well. And so uh, wrestling's, uh, wrestling's kind of a hot topic here in Kearney. It has been for the last several years. All right. We appreciate you being on the program. Congratulations. The next time I see you, I hope it's a, a wrestling match with you and John Ostendorp. But uh, <laughs> if I see you at the Division ones, hope to see you in Des Moines, Iowa. But uh, congratulations. Up next, we have Kyvan Gadsden, Big 12 champion. We're going to talk about the legacy of his dad, Willie Gadsden, next on the mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I'm Omar Reese with NFL Network Now on the Dial Global Radio Network. Free agency started with a splash in Miami, as expected. The Dolphins reeling in the biggest fish of them all. Star receiver Mike Wallace, five years, $60 million, $30 million guaranteed. Dolphins GM Jeff Ireland wasn't done. Miami also landing the most highly coveted inside linebacker, Donnell Ellerby from Baltimore. Not only did the Ravens lose Ray Lewis's heir apparent, but they also lost outside linebacker Paul Kruger. He signed with the Cleveland Browns, their AFC North rival. The Falcons lured Tony Gonzalez away from retirement. The future Hall of Fame tight end says he's coming back for one more year. Several teams added to the list of free agents Tuesday. Among the notable cuts were Eagles cornerback Namdi Asamoah and Bills quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. For all the latest news on the free agency frenzy, be sure to tune in to NFL Network. I'm Omar Reese with NFL Network Now on the Dial Global Radio Network. If you have gout, listen closely. That's the sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it and you may not feel it, but if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. Safe light repair, safe light replace. Julian with Safe Light Auto Glass. So you think all auto glass companies are the same? Only America's largest gives you the reliability of this Safe Light advantage. It's what makes us different. With over 5,000 mobile glass shops in all 50 states, so we're always nearby. And the only national lifetime guarantee, keeping you covered wherever you are. Make the safe choice. Just ask your insurance company for Safe Light or call 800-800-2727 or go to safelight.com. Jim Rome here with your Rome Report. 39 points, 16 rebounds, 25 of 39 from the free throw line and a 106-97 beatdown of the Orlando Magic in a hostile environment. What I'm saying is Dwight Howard had to have that. One of the most important games he has played since the 09 Finals. In fact, one of the most important games of his entire career, Dwight Howard mans up. Finally, that's the guy the Lakers have been waiting on all season long. And he did it in a very angry house. It was bad. Not LeBron going back to Cleveland for the first time bad, but bad nonetheless. Bad because Dwight is not used to it. Bad because Dwight typically does not deal very well with that. And you know a part of him didn't want to go there to rip their hearts out, but rather go there and make them like him all over again? But he did what he had to do. Look, I understand that Orlando is not Miami, but that's a game he had to have, and he got it. The top welterweights in the world converge for an unforgettable night of fights. Defending champion George St. Pierre faces his fiercest rival, Nick Diaz, in a highly anticipated showdown for the UFC welterweight title. Plus, Carlos Condit battles knockout artist Johnny Big Rig Hendricks. The Ultimate Fighting Championship presents UFC 158 St. Pierre versus Diaz live this Saturday night. Only on pay-per-view. Visit UFC.com for details. Card subject to change. Safe flight repair.
Julian with Safe Light Auto Glass. So you think all auto glass companies are the same? Only America's largest gives you the reliability of this Safe Light advantage. It's what makes us different. With over 5,000 mobile glass shops in all 50 states, so we're always nearby. And the only national lifetime guarantee, keeping you covered wherever you are. Make the safe choice. Just ask your insurance company for Safe Light or call 800 800 2727 or go to safelight.com. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller with your weather ride forecast. Mainly cloudy skies tonight with a low temperature of 20 degrees and winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles an hour. On Thursday, we'll see gradually clearing skies with a high temperature of 43 degrees and west winds at 5 to 15 miles an hour. Friday, a slight chance of showers with a high of 42. Saturday, a slight chance of snow and rain with a high temperature of 39 degrees. With your Cedar Valley forecast, I'm meteorologist Ray Miller. Right now, it's 28 We are back on the mat, 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I am Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum, joined by Doug Van Gelder. And Doug, we're going to talk about two people that we like a lot. Our guest is Kyvan Gadsden. He recently won the Big 12 Championships. But we're going to celebrate the life of someone that we both know well, and that's Willie Gadsden, uh, one of those people that uh, you will never forget if you met him. Uh, High-impact person, irreplaceable in this sport, uh, always giving, understood what it meant to uh, be involved in the in the lives of youth. He was the East High Wrestling uh, coach, and we're, uh, we're going to celebrate his life today uh, along with his son, Kyvin Gadsden. And I uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us for this uh, great memory of, uh, of your father, Kyvin. I appreciate you giving me a chance to join you guys. Thank you. Well, hey, congratulations on the, uh, the Big 12 championship. Uh, let, let's talk about your journey. It's been uh, a little tough. Last year you battled the injuries. This year it looks like you've been fairly healthy. Uh, you've had a, a solid season so far, and it uh, right now going into the national tournament with a, a Big 12 championship. Feeling good right now? You feeling healthy going into uh, the biggest tournament of the year? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm feeling really healthy. Um, I feel like a, a, a real, real good um, confidence boost right now to come winning winning the Big 12, you know, I'm going into the biggest tournament, I guess, up to date in my life, you know, with the with the tournament win doesn't hurt, so I'm feeling really good right now. And uh, Kevin Jackson, I read recently, had his uh, contract extended to 2015. You came in with Kevin Jackson, you said you wanted to be a Cyclone, he's the guy that uh, you bought into, he has that all-in uh, mentality, that all-in philosophy. Uh, does it feel good knowing that uh, you're going to have Coach KJ there for, uh, for the duration of your career? Oh yeah, it definitely feels good. Um, you know, that was one of the things, I guess, that coming into this year, we didn't know what was going to happen with that. But now, knowing that, you know, he got an extension, so it's really good. Describe his uh, his coaching style. Uh, he, he's someone that uh, came from the international scene. I think there were a lot of question marks on would he be able to make that transition into collegiate. Of course, he has that great freestyle background, three-time world and Olympic champion. Is he translated, in your eyes, well into the collegiate scene? I think he's done a, a great job, actually, with, with us, not just myself, um, but with um, you know, all the way through the lineup, just um, taking stuff that you know that he did learn. Um, you decide to have it at the high school gymnasium uh, at East Waterloo. Well, um, me and my mom and, and our family talked about um, where we would like it. We, um, we definitely thought it had to be somewhat of a bigger venue um, because I, I think a lot of people, you know, were, were touched by my father and um, you know loved him and would want to come, you know, celebrate, you know his life so we um, we just wanted to make sure it was a big enough venue to, to hold people so we, we decided East would probably be the best place for that so that's uh, 11 o'clock on Monday and that's certainly open to anyone that uh, wants to be a part of uh, of your dad's life yes definitely and that's uh, there's no visitation that's the one time that we uh, we can celebrate uh, Willie Gadsden yes Okay, so that is 11 o'clock this Monday, so if anyone, anyone wants to go. Let's talk about the particulars of you and your dad's relationship. Uh, where did wrestling come along the way uh, as far as you guys participating together? <laughs> he was your initial coach. Uh, when did you guys really start getting that wrestling bug? Um, well, I told my dad, I think, when I was four that I wanted to wrestle, but he wouldn't let me start um, like going to like kids' club practice until I was seven years old, and I started at the Matt Pat Kids Club. Um, in Iowa City, Iowa, at Iowa City City High. And um, that's really, I guess, when it all started clicking for us. 
And um, like like you said, you know, he was my coach at in high school at Waterloo East. And um, you know, he's been my my mentor, you know, for forever. So, you know, it, it was great to have that bond with him. Was it always good to uh, to have your dad there? Were there any times where it was just like, hey, you know, dad, back off a little bit, uh, question uh, question who he was, how much he knew, or did you know all along that, hey, this guy, uh, he's rock solid, he knows what he's talking about? Um, there was definitely times where, um, you know, I, I um, despised the, the coaching, the coach um, son or coach athlete or father athlete um, relationship, you know, I had with my dad. And we talked about it um, numerous times. And um, I don't think it really clicked um, for me um, until about my sophomore year. That's when I really realized um, that he knew, you know, what was best for me and, um, and that he was going to do everything in his power to make sure, you know, I, I reached my goals. So that was good. Uh, what was it like, though, in high school? I mean, it's, it is an interesting dynamic where you have uh, your dad is the coach, and then once you get done with that coaching, you have to go home, and uh, he has to be the father. Uh, was there an interesting dynamic there where, uh, where you left the practice and then went home? Would, uh, did you guys still talk about wrestling once it got over? Um, actually, um, by that time, it was kind of the, one of those things where I wanted to you know, pick his brain so much that we did talk about wrestling a lot, but... Um, it wasn't just wrestling, you know, we talked about life, everything, you know, school, um, social stuff, and, and everything like that. So it wasn't just, you know, when we got home, we just talked about wrestling, but that was definitely a, a big part of our relationship. That was something, you know, we both loved and something we both had in common. Well, uh, great article that uh, the Ames paper ran about uh, your experience with the Big 12 championships. There was a, a moment, I think, that uh, you had thought about maybe coming back and not competing in the Big 12 championships. I want to make sure that's correct, but uh, you're thinking into uh, possibly coming back to Waterloo to be with your dad and, and foregoing that Big 12 championship. Um, well, there was, there was a time where I said, I told Coach Jackson that I really didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be here which was, you know, here at Stillwater at the time. And I, I, I told him that, and we sat down and had a talk um, in the hotel room after the, the first, or after the second duel of the Big 12 championship when I was against Oklahoma State. Um, and we just talked, and he was like, well, you're free to go home. Like, you can go home. You know, I understand, you know, family is the most important thing. And um, that's one of the reasons why I picked to come wrestle with Coach Jackson, because, you know, he's a family man. And, um... So we talked about that, and then I I just thought about it, laid there for a little bit, thought about it, and I knew that wasn't what my dad want, would have wanted me to do, you know, in that situation, and I knew I would have regretted it in the long run. So, you know, I stuck it out, and I really am happy that I did. And you did get a chance to uh, come back and see your dad before he passed away. What what was that conversation like? What did you uh, guys talk about in those uh, those last hours? Um, well, I, I got off the bus, and I pretty much headed, headed straight home. Um, and I just told him I just told him I loved him. And I also told him that, um, you know, I, I brought him back this medal. Because I told him before I left that Sunday to go back and train um, March 3rd that um, I was going to bring him back a medal. And um, I'm glad, you know, it was a gold medal. Um, but I just told him I loved him, and I told him, I asked him if he could, you know, hang on, you know, a little bit longer. But he put up a, a really good fight, and I was, I was proud, proud of him for that, and I'm proud to, you know, call him my father. Well, as we talk about that, we're talking with Kyvin Gadsden, uh, Big 12 champion, sophomore at Iowa State University. We're talking about your father and his legacy. Uh, when did you realize the full potential of his legacy and what he had accomplished? I know that as, uh, as you go along, as, as you're a son, you probably hear about a few things, but did you finally get the scope uh, at some point along the way that, hey, my dad really influenced a lot of people? Um, I don't think it really hit until that benefit we had June 30th. How many people, you know, that, like, actually cared about my dad and our family and everything like that, that benefit out at the, the Isle Casino um, in Waterloo. Um, that's when it all kind of hit me, you know. The, the support and the love that, that poured in was, was, like, crazy. And I don't think I had ever said, you know, I love you and thank you so much for being here, um, ever um that much in one day so that was like a day like it really clicked for me but before then i knew you know he had touched a lot of people and i knew people you know cared about him and stuff like that but that was the day like it really had clicked for me 
How uh, how's your family doing? Are they uh, they're going to be here uh, on Monday to uh, celebrate your dad's life? Of course, yeah. Um, my my uncle's flying in. He'll be here Saturday, as well as my my um my, my dad's aunt. Um, so they'll be here. Um, my, my mom's holding up. She's a strong woman. You know, she she held the family together for you know for forever. So so everyone's doing pretty good. You know, we try to try to stay strong, and I think everyone's doing a pretty good job of that. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing uh, about your dad is that uh, he's not a shy guy. He's, uh, he's willing to talk to anyone. I, I see that in you, too. You're, you're one of these guys that, uh, that gets out there, and you're, you're very sociable, and you like, uh, you like to talk to people. Do you feel like you just picked up that up from your dad just by being around him? I, I think I, I did. So I, I feel like I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ever shy. <laughs> um, I was always into stuff, you know, as a kid and whatnot. Um, but... I definitely feel like um, I, I caught a few traits from my dad, and you know I don't think it hurts at all. So, so as you carry on with uh, with your dad's memory, what uh, what kind of encapsulate, encapsulates your dad, and uh, and really kind of captures who who Willie Gadsden was in your mind? Wait, can you repeat that? What kind of captures your dad? I mean, when when we talk about Willie Gadsden, I have uh, the way I think about him and just uh, his his impact on kids. But how will you remember your dad, and how do you want others to remember your dad? Um, I'd like to remember him you know, as a, a loving man. Um, he was he was tough, um, tough love, but it was you know it was good love. Um, and there's um a, a medallion I picked out for his um his funeral, and it said um may my work speak for itself. And I'd like to think of you know me as you know some of his work. And I know if you meet people that he coached or meet people that he mentored, um, you'll see that you'll see the work that, you know, I guess that, that he put in, and that's how I'd like to remember him. Any chance uh, you want to carry on that tradition and uh, and be a coach like your dad was? Um, we talked about that, actually. Um, I'd like to be a coach. Um, I, I'm actually going to go to graduate school. Right now, the plan is to go to graduate school to be an athletic director, maybe on a college level. So I think I can still have a big effect on people's lives that way, and, you know, I think I'd like that. When I uh, I saw with the the coaching when uh, you're kind of battling those injuries in the off season, you kind of adapted your style and uh, really trying to protect that shoulder a little bit. I know your dad was kind of helping you in the in the summer. Do you feel like uh, some of that uh, training has benefited you this season? I think everything you know, my dad um, went over with, over with me um, has benefited me. Um, whether it was um, my freshman year when he held me out of competition um, because I had a um, C plus. Or um, just you know him taking me aside in a practice and talking to me about you know having a positive mental attitude. I think everything he's done um, did for me um, is is beneficial now, and it's all coming coming into play. I think it'll come into play next week at the NCAA tournament as well in the rest of my life. All right. Well, you you like to entertain, don't you? You you've given yourself the the name Showtime. I don't know if you gave it to yourself or someone else did, but uh, you're a fun guy to wrestle. And uh, anytime you put it on the mat, we uh, we appreciate when you light it up. Thank you. And I want to make it clear that I did not nickname myself Showtime. My you didn't nickname me that. Who did? Yes, my brother Jared Gatz. Okay. He nicknamed me Showtime when I was um in ninth grade. All right. <laughs> Well, hey, it, it still fits. Your brother was right on. <laughs> I know, because he's exactly right. It, you're a fun guy to wrestle. But, uh, hey, congratulations on the Big 12 championship. I uh, hope you know how much we, we love your father and we appreciate him. And I hope that uh, anyone who, who feels like uh, they were influenced by Willie Gatson will uh, celebrate his life on Monday uh, of next week at uh, 11 o'clock at East Waterloo High School. And I'm sure we'll see you there. Thank you. Um, and thank you for the time. I appreciate you guys showing the love and um, everyone else that's been showing love thank you so much all right that uh, was Kyvin Gadsden and uh, you know Willie uh, what a great asset and uh, you know he's going to be missed but boy he he had that smile and and one of those guys that uh, you'll always remember for the rest of your life he was a fun wrestler to watch too yes he was uh, two-time all-american for uh, for Iowa State and then a two-time junior college champion as well so uh Iowa State Nation, Cyclone Nation is fortunate to have uh, one of the all-time greats wrestling for its program. Uh, Great show today. It was fun to talk with uh, Craig Sesker in the first segment, Mark Bauer in the second. We were just talking with Kyvan Gadsden. For Doug Van Gelder, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to On the Mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ.
get your team here on 16:50. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.